Hey guys, this is Jay Riley D from Invisible As I Am Podcast. And it's 12.35 p.m. And I slept maybe five hours, if that. So if you listen to yesterday's podcast, you know I had a great time. I had a great day. And when I got home, though, that transition Everything changed once I got home and decided to start eating. So I said that I canceled my Netflix account. I canceled my Hulu account and I wanted to draw into God more. But what I left out was I was also in search of friends the last week or so. And I was downloading different apps to try to find someone to connect with. I didn't care if it was a guy. I didn't care if it was a girl. If you listen to my story, you know that I'm by myself quite a bit. I don't talk to anyone because people won't understand me or I can't trust them. And so so last night I started eating and because I didn't have Netflix or Hulu, I didn't want to buy a YouTube movie, you know, spend money on buying a YouTube movie. So I was just kind of browsing through some trailers on YouTube and came across some old TV shows, um, Girl Meets World, and like some little clippets of like the little romances that were going on because I used to watch that that show and I love the storyline. I love the romance and it shows the confusion of being a preteen and a teenager so well um, when it comes to boys and girls trying to figure out if they like each other, do we want to be together, what are our feelings telling us, and I just got caught up in watching just um, people's like compliment, com- was it compilations of that show and like Riley and her friend and her guy and and her friend and her uncle. It was just like crazy. Anyways, I was down with the romance because one is pretty innocent for the most part. And you, it, there's no final story to it, really. Like they, I think they canceled the show, which sucks because I wanted to see what happens next. But I, I haven't watched that show in like a couple years because... I really just started to grow in the Lord and there's just certain things I can't watch anymore. They don't feel the same. Like I said yesterday, you know, when you get born again, you you become a new creature. You're a new creation. And so when you're spiritually alive, you don't like spiritually dead things. Spiritually dead things don't feel good because you're not dead anymore. So you can't feed off of Things that are, that are decomposing or making you feel ill. You have to you have to watch stuff and listen to things that give you life. You have to watch and listen to God things because it feeds you and it feeds you the good stuff. So I came home and I was watching that stuff and I should have been watching like a teaching or, you know, learning and studying you know, growing closer to God. And I was not doing that. I actually ran all night from God. I rebelled and did not want to 
you know, die to my flesh. And, you know, here I am, Lord. I did not want to do that last night. Because it seems like that's kind of like all I do. And, and like mentally, it seems like sometimes I'm having a breakdown. It's like I'll, I can go strong for days on end. And then it'd be one day I feel overwhelmed. And then kind of crash and burn hard for a couple of days or so and try to figure out how to get myself back in alignment with God. For me, if I'm up, I'm up. If I'm down, I'm really down. There's no in the middle. I'm not. You can't find me lukewarm for this. I'm either all in for God or I'm like all the way out, you know. So I hate being on the extreme side of both. Anyways, I started to feel very distant from God, even though I hadn't watched like a ton of um, secular things. It was just, I guess my choice to not choose him really affected me because I started to feel like this. I don't even know how to explain the type of torment, the internal torment that I feel, you know, feeling separated from him. It's like a baby being separated from his mom. It's a horrible feeling. And Trying to feed yourself with things that don't edify you is only going to kill you. Because it's like it's like putting poison in your body and expecting yourself to be well. That's why I did when I decided to watch that stuff. And then I was watching some stuff on YouTube, like stuff that had nothing to do with God. And I just wouldn't be still and talk to him. And then I found myself trying to find love. Like, remember what love felt like? I started going through my Facebook page and going through my messages to see, like, you know, who I haven't talked to in forever. Just see if I could reconnect with something human in me to get rid of this feeling of torment, this this emptiness, this void, this aching pain. Instead of trying to really find God in that moment, I just continued to, you know, be on apps, trying to fill the void, talk to people or, you know, be nostalgic and reading old messages and reconnecting with people I have no business reconnecting with because I'm not that same person. And... I just, I guess I had anxiety last night and I woke up with anxiety this morning and then I, I did a podcast um, where I did like a spoken word about anxiety and I said I would do a part two and it's been like several podcast journals since. Sorry guys, it seems like I keep getting interruptions while I'm trying to make this podcast. So... I woke up with anxiety. I went to bed with anxiety. I actually didn't go to bed till I think after 4.30 this morning. It might have been 5, 5 o'clock. But it, it it was for sure between 4 and 5 at minimum. I stayed up. I actually did reconnect with an old friend from church, like childhood, when I used to be Catholic. 
and I reconnected with him and I actually shared the gospel with him and he wanted to come to church. So that was something good that came from all my anxiety. It seems like the people I have been talking to lately, um, I just share God with them and it works out for them, which is great. But at the same time, I still haven't anxiety the last couple of days. And I think, you know, God is calling me to a deeper place with him. And I just keep kind of like running from it. And then when I stop running, I dive deep into it. And then I realize, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. And then I come back out of it. Because like, I've never gone full in with anything in my life. Like, I'm a musician, but I'm not a great musician because I've never gone full into finishing my lessons or really buckling down and practicing daily and stuff like that. I just, I know what I know and I stay there. I don't move forward. I don't go past the next level. Like I never make it to the next level. And I I know God wants more for me. I want more for me. But I know he's calling me to a deeper place that's freaking terrifying because it's like, I don't know if I can physically handle it. And that's just me copping out. That's me being a coward. That's me being a wimp. And then that's me being like real about where I'm at at the same time. But also like, I just give myself no credit. Like, I know that I can do this. I just, I don't know. I think. Life just gets in the way sometimes, you know. I didn't tell you guys, but my divorce case, my final hearing is tomorrow at 9 a.m. So I do believe that my divorce is going to take place that day. So I'll have my final hearing and I think uh, my divorce will be granted to me and this will all be said and done. And the thing is, my husband, he didn't file a response to our divorce case. He tried to, but he didn't do it right. And so they denied it. And then he didn't, you know, try to do it again. So I just filed a default judgment against him so that I would continue the divorce case without him. And so he's not needed for this case. The final hearing, he's not needed for it. And I just, I don't know. I didn't really want to talk about my marriage or my divorce. I just kind of want to move forward. I don't, I keep telling God, like, I don't want to love him. I don't want to love him. I spent eight years being hurt by him. And I don't want to waste another minute reminiscing or thinking that things could get better or be better. I spent eight years thinking and hoping that things will get better. And they did not get better. They got worse. Absolutely from day one that we said I do. It got worse. It's been a downhill spiral. And I keep asking God. Like if this is who you want for me. I'm not sure I want him. I just come to a point. It's like I know God can redeem and restore marriages. But at this point, I don't want mine restored. You know, I feel like I would be going back to my abuser. Like, I haven't told you guys, like, a lot of the details. 
of why my marriage is so horrible. And I'm not saying I was a perfect wife, but I know that I, I gave it my all and my best. And I kept trying and I kept trying. The only reason I would want to go back to him is because I miss feeling loved. But don't be foolish. Don't go back to someone who says they love you and treats you like trash. I'm not pro-divorce. I'm not pro-divorce. I'm pro being healthy, feeling safe, being out of dangerous and toxic situations. So if that means you got to separate from your spouse for a season, do that. Your safety is first priority. And that's why I disconnected from him and my family. Because my safety, my heart is first priority. My sanity is first priority. But the thing about separating from everyone is you really have to face yourself. And I find myself in a place where I really have to face anxiety. I really have to face the fact that I don't have anyone in my corner but Jesus. And that has to be enough. I have to believe that he is enough to get me through absolutely everything I'm going through right now. And even though some days I feel like a straight up champion, I feel like a winner, I feel like a warrior, I feel like I could take on the whole world. And then some days I crash and burn and I feel like, what on earth was I thinking the the other day? What was I thinking yesterday? You know? But that's, that's me trying to figure out the balance inside myself. Trying to get, trying to get to a healthy balance. I've never had a healthy balance in my entire life. And I never had a healthy relationship long enough to undo the damage of all the negative stuff in my life. God has been the only one faithful enough to stick by my side. Even when I run from him, even when I rebel and decide, God, I don't want to choose you right now. I'm sorry. I don't want to choose you right now. I don't want to do this right now. I don't know why I don't want to do this other than it feels hard. I don't want to sit down and read my Bible right now. Something feels off. I don't want to sit down and listen to worship music or gospel music or watch a Christian movie. I want to watch this movie. I want to, you know, I don't want to sit and wait for Christian friends to come into my circle. I want to talk to this friend. But nonetheless, he's still there in my corner, in my corner the whole time. The whole time I feel like I'm losing my mind. The whole time my emotions feel like they're all over the place. The whole time it feels like I'm not getting enough sleep to deal with any of this. And then the finances kick in. I don't talk about my money problems because I don't like to. Because, I mean, what do, what do you say? What do you say when you're the only one supporting yourself financially when you were supposed to be married to someone who was supposed to partner with you and do life with you and live half that burden off of you, if not a lot of that burden. I can't reach out to family. I wouldn't want to reach out to family. I hate feeling like a, I'm a user. 
So I like to do things by myself. But then there's the thing of, I know that if I don't ever, you know, lay my my foundation when I'm going through my darkness, I'm not going to have it when when I have more, when I financially am well off because I took the shortcut. You know, I asked people for money or, you know, I depended on other people to to really help me get through. And that's fine. If you need help, take help. But if you can, if you're just not putting in the effort and you're slacking off and you're being a user and you're draining people of their finances so that they can help you when you won't even get up and go to work, that's bad, guys. And that's one reason why I just don't like people giving me money because I always mentally have to pay them back. Like it is never free money to me. It's always, yeah, I'm going to pay you back. I don't want to owe you anything. I don't want to be indebted to you financially because when I look at myself, I see someone who struggles to go to work every single day. And so You may loan me some money, but what if I don't go to work? If I miss one, two, three, four days of work, it's seven days in a week. If I miss that many days, I'm going to be behind on my normal bills and I'm going to be behind on trying to pay you off. I don't like, I don't like help financially if I have to pay it back. If you don't have it to give to me, I don't like taking it. And sometimes I had to, but I made sure to pay back what I could pay back. We came up with an agreement and I'll always either pay back all of it or pay back most of it or pay back whatever they say. Hey, I'm going to give this to you. I'm gifting this to you. You only have to pay back half of it. So I say all that to say, man, I am behind on my bills right now. This lease, when I took over this rent, it took me a minute to get, it took me a minute to get my head together. To like for the longest, I never thought I was capable of paying for my car, my insurance, all the other bills that come with having responsibility and take over the rent. I never thought that my husband was paying the rent. I never thought I would need to take over the rent. And so now I have the rent. I had to buy a second car because I kept putting in money into my first car. It's a 2012 Honda Civic. And I just kept putting in money to get it fixed and to get it fixed and to get it fixed. And it was like, this is ridiculous. I can't afford to keep getting this car fixed right now and pay my bills. And feel safe on the road because I drive for a living. So I had to buy a new car. But the thing is, I didn't want to sell my my first car. I used it as a backup. Because I went so long without having, with only having one car. And when that car was broke down, I didn't have any other way to make money. Because I don't work for anybody but myself. So... If I don't have my car, I don't I can't make money. <clears throat> so I don't I didn't want to give up my first car. And I didn't I like having two cars. 
as a backup. I'm by myself. It's wise to have two cars as a backup. But the thing is, struggling to go to work does not help you pay those bills for those cars. And when I went to Florida and Pennsylvania for my vacation this summer, I came back and I had to figure out how to get back on my feet. Because it was about about a month or two months, one or two months, I believe, that I really was struggling mentally, emotionally. I could not make a decent paycheck in a week. I was really messed up. And then I went to Florida and I went to Pennsylvania for vacation and I came back and I knew I needed to do something different. But it took about a month to shake it off. Honestly, it might have took two months to shake it off. And finally, I'm making a, a decent baby paycheck. But that requires me to get proper sleep. It requires it requires me to get proper eating. Like if I'm not eating well, if I'm not sleeping well, work is very hard. I'll, I will get fatigue while I'm working. If I don't have enough food in my system, I will get crabby and then have to go buy a snack, which makes me eat unhealthy snacks. So that doesn't help with like my weight loss journey, which we haven't even gotten to weight loss in the in these journals. That's going to be safe for a later date, I guess. And if I'm not getting enough sleep, I have a headache. I'll have a headache. I mean, like, I'm out there. I wear glasses, guys. I wear glasses. So with the sun, the bright light, I don't have any tinted windows. And so if I don't get proper sleep, I can have the wrong type of headache and wear my glasses, and my glasses hurt my ears, and so they're hurt, you know, heavy on my face, because, like, I can't adjust them to to sit on my face properly, because they're going to hurt my ears more, so it's just all bad, I should just get contacts, but the thing is, if I'm tired, if I'm fatigued, if I'm not eating right, if I'm not sleeping right, if my emotions are all over the place, work feels like a war zone, And so I've been praying about it a lot and I've been getting better at work and feeling better about working, but I'm still behind. I'm not making enough money like, like I did before, um, before I went on vacation, before this divorce thing really settled in, like. When I decided to take over that lease, the Lord graced me to to make almost a thousand dollars a week. You know, I was making seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars a week. I haven't had that drive since March. So I go from that to barely anything. So, and I have way more bills now. Than I did when I took over the lease in March. I have brand new car note. I have warranty. And I have brand new insurance policies for both cars because they changed the insurance, you know, policies for um, my state. Well, really, I think all states, but my state for sure. And so my world is just 
financially upside down it feels like some days and then when I start working I feel like oh my gosh I'm doing well I'm making this money I'm paying off my bills and then I have to get my car fixed I have to do maintenance on it because I drive it often and so I have to keep regular oil changes and transmission fluid changes and brake pads and rotors and tires and car washes because it definitely be looking dirty um and so all this maintenance i have to do on my car and it's like i'm still playing catch up on my bills so my brakes have been going come to find out my car needs a more expensive type of brake pad and also i need rotors and i need tires and the winter's coming up and i'm like god i don't have the money i don't have the money i don't have the money i'm still playing playing catch up and i have two card notes that are due next week i have a phone bill that's due next week i have you know rent coming up that's due on the fifth and it's just like god i don't have the money to replace all four brake pads and four rotors and tires. I just got this car this summer. And it's just like, I wasn't expecting to have to put brakes on it this soon. Like, I was not prepared to put brakes on it this soon. I would have rather put brakes on it next month. And rotors next month. And the thing is, I can only do, I have to break it up because I can't afford to do brake pads and rotors at the same time. And I'm like, God, you created me. You gave me this life. You knew that I was going to have two cars and you knew I was going to struggle with depression, discouragement. You knew I was going to be going through a divorce. You knew I was going to be going through family stuff. You knew I was going to be here in this moment and I wasn't going to have the money. You knew this. I don't have it, God. I have to believe that you have my back on this one. Actually, I have to believe you have my back on all of it because I don't have any of it. Anxiety, guys. Anxiety is just lack of trust in God. I can't teach you about anxiety. I can't teach you about trusting God yet. All I know is he has to have me because I don't have me. I did not create myself. I may have made a lot of dumb decisions to get to this point. But he's my heavenly father. He's the one who gives me provision. And so I'm on here for this journal, venting my heart out because I could tell you I have no clue what I'm going to do. But even though I don't know what I'm going to do, I know he knows what to do. And I know it's not always going to be like this. I know I'm not always going to be financially struggling. But at some point, you just feel like, who do I go to about this stuff? I don't even know. Like, this is 
this is not a journal I can really teach you anything. Maybe you'll learn something. I don't know, but I guess I could say I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to fail myself again and go back to a dark place where I could barely get off the couch and bills had gotten so bad that I wasn't even I wasn't even in survival mode to handle how bad they got in. I was in such a dark place and I just don't want to go back there. I don't want to get caught up in bills again. You know, having, you know, shut off notices and being, you know, almost a month behind on your car note or your your credit card bills. I only have one credit card, really. So, but I just What do I have to sacrifice to move ahead right now? I mean, I don't I let go of, you know, Netflix and Hulu, but those are baby expenses. I can't say I can't have full coverage on my car. I have to have full coverage on my cars. It's part of buying a car with a loan. I am scared, guys. I'm scared I'm not going to make it. But the thing is, there's this part of me that knows. Jay Riley, you're going to make it. Just stay in the process. Just hold on. I know it looks grim. I know it's tough. I know it sucks. I know it feels like you're drowning in bills. I know it feels like no one hears you. But just stay there. In that place with God. In your darkness. Stay there with him. Let him illuminate the areas of your life that you feel like it's just you. Um, I love you guys. Be blessed. Stay encouraged. Be honest. Because it's in your honesty that you can actually do something about it. Change. Feel the wind on your shoulders.